Hallelujah. Now, I want you to do something for me today. I want you to, I want you to be a little patient. Everyone, you know, at church, you should be at least somewhat patient. Amen. Turn around and, and ask your neighbor, are you going to be a little patient with Pastor Sam this morning? Because it's 1130 and I guarantee you what I have to say is going to take longer than 30 minutes. I can almost guarantee you. Now, I could butcher it. How many of you didn't come for a butchered piece of word from God? You want the, you want the full meal deal? Okay, so, so we're going to run a little past 12. So if you, if, if you, if you uh, turn into a pumpkin after 12, well, we'll just make pumpkin pie out of you. So hang around. Amen. Good to have everybody here today. We're concluding our series that we began five Sundays ago, this being the sixth Sunday, uh, on fear not, learning to walk by faith and not by sight. Everyone say, fear not. We've got to walk by what? And not by sight. In fact, our keynote verse there, Second Corinthians 5, 7. Uh, I want to encourage everybody to remember this. And let's say it together for we, come on, for we, not by sight. Second Corinthians 5, 7. You got to get that down. In fact, in the hallway, I'll be postured in the hallway after church just saying, what's the verse? Okay, maybe so, maybe not. But you got to say it. So look at, look at somebody and just tell them. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. And the reason we got to get this down, this is one of the most important spiritual lessons you will ever learn in your Christian life. i got to say that again. This lesson, what we've been talking about for the past, uh, now this will be the sixth Sunday, of the most, one of the most important spiritual lessons that you'll ever learn, and I pray that you learn this. In fact, let me just say to you, if this is your first Sunday here, if you've, if you've missed a few, all of these messages are on our website, C-O-T-R, no, it's www.cotrnorth.com, or you can go to iTunes and search out Pastor Sam Walker, Church on the Rock North, and you can find all of these messages. You can download them to your iPad, your iPod, uh, all those different things, your iPhone or whatever. Uh, and I want to encourage you. I want to implore you. Let me use a King James word. I want to beseech you to go back and plug into these last, four, these, these last uh, five, six weeks and really get these messages down in your heart. In fact, uh, we looked at, we began this series talking about Peter. How many of you know Peter uh, walked on the water, right? But what happened when he got his eyes off of Jesus and got him on his circumstances, he began to sink. And so we learned some great lessons from Peter of walking by and not by then we looked at Elisha and his servant. And you remember the story with Elisha. Elisha was so spiritual that he was here in the Syrian army's uh, battle plans in his bedroom at night or praying. And he would tell them to the king of Israel or the armies of Israel and they would foil the plans of the Syrians. So the Syrian king said, you bring me this guy. And so uh, the Syrian army surrounded Elisha and his servant uh, there in Dothan. Uh, and the servant got a little nervous because he was walking by sight and not by faith because he saw that they were surrounded and and uh and elisha told him fear not for there are more with us than there are with them and he prayed that god would open his eyes and when, he, when god opened the servant's eyes he saw that all the hills and everything around them they were surrounded by the armies of god and so we learned from elisha uh some important principles about walking by and not by Side. And then on Father's Day, oh, great, well, we had a great Father's Day service. We looked at Abraham, the father of our faith. 
And we learned some life lessons from him about being fearless fathers. But really those principles apply to all of us as we walk by faith and not by sight. And then last Sunday, we, we started talking about David and Goliath. And I've always said, if you, can't, if you can't preach from the story of David and Goliath, you need to just work at the supermarket or something. Because, uh, man, what a great story of a young man who, who certainly walked by faith and not by sight. And so uh, we learned some great lessons. I was going to go through them. Well, let me just read them quickly. Here's, here's where we were uh, last week. We learned this key principle. It is this, that David didn't look at the size of the giant in front of him. He looked to the size of his God on the inside of him. He was walking by and not by sight. Now, all the armies of Israel were walking by sight, and they were paralyzed. And so I gave you these four lessons last week, and, and, and I'm going to tell them to you, and you'll just have to, if you miss, you'll just have to, oh, i got to hear that. The first one is this, the first lesson from the shepherd boy about walking by and not by is refuse to listen to the voice of fear and intimidation because it will paralyze you. And that's what, that's what Goliath was doing. He had paralyzed the army. He'd come out every day and tell them what all he was going to do to them. And he just, he just harassed them with fear and intimidation. Anybody ever heard the voice of fear and intimidation? And it'll paralyze you. The second lesson we learned from David is refuse to listen to the voice of the judgmental because it will minimize you. And that's what the armies of Israel, we're all, this giant's so big, we're all so small. Uh, and in fact, uh, uh, before Goliath, you know, and Goliath was very judgmental of, of David. You're just a little pipsqueak, basically, he said. But before he ever had to face that judgment, he had to face his big brother who was judging his heart because he was really had some issues because David, his little brother, had been anointed the new king of Israel. And he had some internal issues and he was judging his little brother. But let me tell you something. There's a judgmental spirit that's trying to minimize you and tell you that you're a nothing, you're a nobody. You're just, a, you might as well quit and give up. Let me tell you something. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. My goodness, I'm going to go back and listen to the tape. Amen. Lesson number three was renew an atmosphere of faith because it will galvanize you. Now that, that's what he did when he showed up. He began to speak and all the fear had run rampant through the armies of Israel and he got there and began to speak a bold declaration of faith and he began to stir up the people and he galvanized them. That's my new favorite word for the month. Everyone say galvanize. It means to excite uh, or to shock to the point of action. Man, that's what the church needs. We need somebody to get galvanized, where they get, they get moved and motivated to the point of action. And that's what he did. And when you're facing a giant, you've got to learn that, that you can, by the spoken word of God, begin to stir up the spirit of faith in your family. Listen, it's time to stop speaking fear and doubt and woe is me and oh me and oh my and begin to move into our families. Listen, mamas and daddies, brothers and sisters. See, I didn't get to say this last week, so I thought I'd throw it out. We just need to move into our families, into the circumstances of our life, and let the creative spoken word of God turn the tide in our families and in our lives and in our churches. Amen? We learned that a little bit last week. And then finally, we learned from the little shepherd boy uh, a lesson on walking by faith and not by sight, and that is this. Remember God's track record of trust, because it will maximize you. They said, how do you think you can take this giant? He said, well, you know, there's been a 
There's been a bear and a lion. I've dealt with them out in the sh- Nobody saw it, but the bear and the lion came to steal the sheep. And I grabbed that lion by the beard. And I grabbed that lion. And that sa- the same God that ga- delivered me from my lion and my bear will deliver me and bring the victory over this uncircumcised Philistine. Amen. Amen. And so we've got to trust God. Everybody say, you've got to trust Him. So those were the four, first four lessons that we learned from this little shepherd boy, David. And now I want to give you four more. And so, uh, hey, th- it's time to plug in, take notes, do whatever you can. Here they are, the, the fifth lesson from the shepherd boy, a walking by faith and not by sight from 1 Samuel 16 and 17 and the story of David and Goliath. The, fir- the, the fifth one is this. You've got to learn to rely upon the proven pathway because it will weaponize you. Now, what did they do with David when they finally said, okay, if, you're, if you think you can, what did Saul try to do? He tried to dress him up in his own armor. And they put on the, all the, and I can just see this little boy trying to put on his big man armor. You know, you ever had your kids put on your clothes? You know, they're big daddy britches and big daddy shoes and they're just kind of cute. Well, David said, you know, this is not working. I have not proven this. So what did he do? He went with the proven pathway of victory in his life. He went and got his five smooth stones. And somebody said, why do he have five stones? And well, I think it's biblically validated somewhere that, that they had figured out Goliath had four brothers. And so he figured if I get Goliath, I'm going to have to answer to his brothers too. I don't know if that's true. But you know the story. He picked up the stone and the sling, the proven method. And he ran towards the Goliath and, and kapop. You know, one fell swoop, down comes the Goliath. He relied upon the proven path. Now, understand something. There's a proven path that, that even David modeled here that, I, that is beyond the sling and the stone. How many of you know, without, without some special things going on in his life, uh, the the sling and the stone would have been of no value to it. And let me just share two with you that I think is a proven path that we see working in the life of David here that you and I need to appropriate in our life when it comes to walking by faith and not by sight. The first one is this. We've got to rely upon the anointing of the Holy Spirit in our life. If you go back to David in 1 Samuel 16, he was anointed the future king over Israel. And, and without going in the story, you know, his brothers didn't line up, but he lined up because he had been spending time with God and there was an anointing on him. And then the, and Samuel said, this is the one. And he anointed him who was probably already anointed by God. And, and, the, and the Bible says from that day, the spirit of the Lord came upon him. Let me tell you something. When David showed up on the battle lines the de- that day, he was not in the flesh. He was in the spirit. Could I tell you today that you've got to, you and I've got to rely upon the anointing of the Holy Spirit in our life when we walk by faith and not by sight. What did Jesus say about the Holy Spirit? He said, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit and he will be with you always. And we can rely upon that. We can trust that. In fact, 1 John chapter 2, or somewhere in there, it says, you have an anointing from the Holy One. And He will teach you and guide you into all things. Listen carefully. You've got to, we've got to, as we walk by faith and not by sight, rely upon the anointing of the Holy Spirit. That's one of the greatest weapons you'll ever wield against the powers of darkness in your life. The power of the Holy Spirit moving through your life. Somebody say amen. There's another thing David relied upon is the proven path in his life. Not only was it the anointing, but it was the authority of God operating in his life. 
David walked in, under the authority of Almighty God in his life, and he was, a, he was submitted to the authority of God. In fact, what did he tell the Philistine there in verse 45? He said, well, you come to me in a sword and, with a sword and a spear, but let me tell you how I'm coming to you. I'm coming under the authority of the Lord of glory. You come with a spear and a sword. I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, who you have defiled, by the way. He walked in the authority of God over his life. You see, what gave him capacity was not just smarts, good old smarts. It was the anointing and the authority of God in his life. It doesn't matter how big the giants are. If you've got anointing and authority, you are on top. Somebody say amen. So the fifth lesson that you and I need to embrace, if we're going to walk by faith and not by sight, especially when we're facing giants and goliaths in our life, is we've got to learn to, to, to walk in the proven pathway. And that is, because it'll weaponize you, it'll empower you. The anointing and the authority of God operating in your life. In fact, what did Jesus tell his disciples in Luke 10? Luke 10, verse 19 in there, 20 and 21, he said, he said, listen, I give you a thought. In fact, they were all excited because the demons were subject to them in the name of the Lord. And Jesus says, you're right. I gave you authority over scorpions and serpents. You can trample on scorpions and serpents. And then he said, over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you. Somebody say amen. So we have authority. We have the anointing of God. And we've got to walk in that. It's a proven path. It will weaponize us as we walk by and not by sight. Amen. Lesson number six. I'll move quickly. Try to keep us from being too late today. Lesson number six that David the shepherd boy taught us about walking by faith and not by sight. It is this. Learn to represent your Lord well because it will stabilize you. Yes, he did say, I come to you in the name of the Lord. But you know what else he was saying? I am a representative of God Almighty. And when you realize who you are in Christ, and that you are his representative, and you stand up for him, and you represent him well, he will stand up for you. And that's what David did when he faced his Goliath. That's what he did when all the armies of Israel were not standing up for what was right, good, and, and for the righteousness of God and the purpose of God. Little David showed up and he began to represent his God well. He represented his God to his fellow man, to his fellow Israelites, to his brothers, his family. He represented him, his God not only to, to them but to the king, to Saul, and then to the Philistine army. How many of you know he was a righteous representative? Representative to them. He said, I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. That's who I represent here today. And he will stand by me because I'm standing up for him. In fact, let me just quickly give you a little identity. If you got an identity crisis, let me tell you who you represent today as a child of God. Let me tell you who you are and how you ought to represent him. We can do it this way, the ABCs, if you will. Here they are. We are his ambassadors. Somebody say ambassadors. That's what 2 Corinthians 5.20 says. It says, we are ambassadors for Christ. And if we take that and embrace that and begin to stand up as an ambassador for Jesus Christ, unlike some of our, the political uh, issues of today, how many of you know Jesus, the Lord of glory, will always stand behind his ambassadors. He will stand up for them. 
And so we are his ambassadors. And also we are his bondservants. We're slaves of God. And when you read that and read throughout the New Testament, all the major apostles and prophets and teachers, they all came to the conclusion, hey, I represent him, I'm his ambassador, but I'm also a slave of God. Amen. And then let her see, I'm his children, I'm his child. The ABCs of who you are. I'm an ambassador. I'm a bondservant. I'm a child of God. In fact, Paul said this in Galatians. He said, uh, have, he said we are uh, by faith children of the Most High God. We're sons of God through faith in His name. So, hey, learn this from David. When you walk by faith and not by sight, realize, hey, I'm His representative. He doesn't need me to fear. He needs me to stand up and and stay strong in the face of obstacle, in the face of adversity. Represent your Lord well. It will stabilize you. Amen. There's a lot I could say there. I I think of the old hymn of the church. In fact, you know, we we need to get back to some of the hymns. I used to sing this as a kid. I never realized how powerful the words were. It's a, it says, stand up, stand up for Jesus. How many of you used to sing it? Stand up, stand up for Jesus. The choir director is going to come out in me in a second. But listen to this. Listen to this hymn writer. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, you soldiers of the cross. Lift high his royal banner. It must not suffer loss. From victory unto victory, his army shall he lead. Till every foe is vanquished and Christ is Lord indeed. Oh, my goodness. That makes me go to verse 2. Now, if you're a Baptist, you only did the first and fourth, right? First, third, and fourth. First, third, and that first, second, and the last. That poor third verse. Just never, Why did they write thir- three verses if the Baptists weren't going to sing all of them? But I'm going to read them all to you because I've already given myself a pass on 12 o'clock. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, the trumpet call obey. Forth to the mighty conflict and in this his glorious day. Ye that are brave now serve him against unnumbered foes. Let courage rise with danger and strength to strength oppose. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. Stand in his, his strength alone. The arm of flesh will fail you. Ye dare not trust your own. Put on the gospel armor. Each piece put on with prayer. Where duty calls or danger, be never wanting there. Verse 4, stand up, stand up for Jesus. The strife will not be long. This day the noise of battle, the next the victor's song. To those who vanquish evil, a crown of life shall be. They with the King of glory shall reign eternally. My goodness gracious. Listen, we've got to stand up for him. We've got to represent him well and stand up, stand up for Jesus because understand something, if you stand up for him, he will stand up for you. Amen. Represent your Lord well. It'll stabilize you. Number seven, the seventh lesson from David in walking by and not by, it's this, respond to all fear with a bold declaration of faith because it will energize you. 
Now, what did David do? Let's go back. Let's rehearse. What did he do with all the armies of Israel? He began to move into the armies of Israel and began to stir up faith in their life. And it began to galvanize them, move them to a place of action where they had a little hope of, of, of success in their heart. But then when he faced his Goliath, he made a bold declaration of faith. And I love this. And I want you to see this because it's, it's powerful. Uh, look in, oh gosh, verse 7. Chapter 17, oh, go over to, uh, I said, come to me in a, with a sword and a spear, that's it. Uh, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom, whom you have defiled. Look in verse 46. This day, everyone say this day. Not someday, everybody say this day. Now this was a bold declaration of faith. Most of us move to, well, someday. But David moved into the, he said, this day. Look at, hey, tell two or three people, it's got to start this day. This day. Listen, this is a bold declaration of faith. That he looked into the face of fear and adversity. He did, and he responded to the, to the, to the tauntings of his Goliath with a bold, everyone say a bold. Everybody say bold declaration of faith. A bold declaration of faith. And he said, this day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand. And I will strike you and take your head from you. This day, somebody say this day. This day, I will give the, carca give the carcass of the camp, give your carcass to the camp of the Philistines, to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with a sword and a spear. Spear for the battle is the Lord's, and He will give you into our hands. And I love the next three words of the next verse, and it says, "So it was." Somebody say this day, and then somebody say, "So it was." Who you see the power of a bold declaration of faith? In the midst of your adversity, he looked right towards his obstacle. He looked right at Goliath and he made a bold declaration of faith that birthed within him based upon his understanding of God. You say, well, I don't know if I could do that or not, man. We already learned this. You got to go back and get the tape that the more you know him and the more you know about him, the greater your faith is because the, where does faith come from? Faith comes from a, a, the knowing of the word of God and the power of God's word and getting to know him and it builds faith in your heart and you can begin to speak to the Goliaths of your life and begin to declare a bold declaration of faith and you know what happens listen let me tell you when faith is released it always releases miracles not sometimes always I'm talking about real bona fide faith that rises up on the inside of you and you begin to speak. It always releases miracles. In fact, we learn this from Jesus. Jesus said it in Mark 11. You can look at it. He, he said, have faith in God. Everyone say, have faith in God. He said, for assuredly, I say to you, not, how many of you know when Jesus said assuredly, he's trying to make a point. He said, assuredly, let me say to you, he who sees this mountain and speaks to the mountain and does not doubt in his heart but believes that those things which he says will happen, it will happen in his behalf. 
You can read it. It's a bold declaration of faith. Now, how many of you know we don't abuse the blessings of God and the Word of God and the will of God? You can't, you can't misuse what God's intended Word is for. You can't say, I'm just speaking a Cadillac in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I'm sure God's up there going, oh my goodness, i got to go find a Cadillac because he said so. How many of you know God will back up his word and will for his plan and purpose over your life? Amen? You've got to learn to respond. If you're going to walk by faith and not by sight, you can't react to the giants. You can't react to the enemies, the obstacles, the 9-11s of life. You've got to respond with a bold declaration of faith. This day, everybody say this day. We need to become this day kind of people where we speak it this day and then we'll be able to experience the so it was. But if we come at life with maybe I hope so, well, let me call the preacher and see if he'll agree with me. And, you know, I don't know if it's the will of God and I'm this and I'm that and we, we live life in fear and doubt. Listen, we'll never see so it was. It's time to rise up in faith. Come on, somebody say amen. And begin to walk by faith and not by sight and begin to refuse to look at those things and refuse to hear those things and look at the face of our enemies and our obstacles and speak the word of the Lord that comes out of our hearts. It will energize you, my friend. Supernatural strength will begin to be made manifest in your life. Amen. And number eight. Now this is where the going gets good. Here it is, number eight, what we learned from David. Run toward the roar. It will mobilize you. What did David do? The, the, the Philistine, the giant, he said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do to you. <laughs> Which he'd been doing to all the children of Israel for 40 days. You know what David did? He got his sling and his stone and he ran towards the roar. He did not let the Philistine paralyze him. How many of you heard the, the you know, from the purpose-driven life and the purpose-driven church campaigns, the 40 days of purpose? You ever heard of that? 40 days of purpose? Okay, we go through 40 days of purpose. You know, they were in a campaign, but it wasn't 40 days of purpose. It, was, it says they were, for 40 days, they were paralyzed. They were going through a campaign of 40 days of paralysis. They'd been paralyzed by this Philistine for 40 days. And every day, now this is what a lot of charismatics do. Every day you can read it for, uh, in chapter 17, verse 16, they were paralyzed. Verse 20, every day they got up and they would get all their armor on, all the armies of Israel. You gotta get this picture. This went on 40 days and they'd all start stirring each other up. You ever seen any guys get all motivated? They're, oh, they're fist pumping and their chest bumping, their head bumping and they're getting all frothed up for the battle. And they would do that every day. Read it. It's in verse 20. They'd get all shouting, ha, ah, we're going to go kill us, Philistine. They'd get more than, yeah, I can do it. You can do it. And then they'd go out there and see him and they'd all go, oh. Read it, it's there. 40 days they did this. <laughs> Can you imagine? About the 39th day, their shout was about to wear out, I imagine. They'd get all frothed up. Reminds me a lot of Pentecostal people. Pardon me. They get all frothed up, but never run towards the roar. Never get motivated to be proactive. They think somehow their Pentecostal shout 
is going to cause this Goliath to be in fear. Listen, shouting's good. It's a part. But it, hey, being verbose will not bring you the victory. You ever met anybody they think the louder they pray, the more God hears them? <laughs> I mean, you know, sometimes God's just going, okay, I got it. Let's go do it. Am I right? Do you think I'm right? Okay, I got, I got you. Now run towards the roar. David picked it up, and he ran towards the roar. He refused to be paralyzed. He said, I'm mobilized. Had a friend by the name of Rick Shurouse preached a world famous message, his, and his title was being agile, hostile, and mobile. I'll never forget it. And how many of you know we can't let paralysis set in? We got to keep pressing forward. If you're going to walk by faith and not by sight, you can't be intimidated. You can't be uh, fearful. You got to you got to under the anointing and the authority of God run towards the roar. Realize retreat is not an option. Paralysis is not a plan. At some point, you've got to get sick and tired of being sick and tired. Did you know the longer you're paralyzed, the more you believe it? Spiritually? I've met people who get paralyzed. You can't talk them out of it. You can't convince them to get up. They're going paralyzed. I've been this way back in 1972. Something happened. I've been praying about it. I've been asking the Lord to move it out. How about just get up? Somebody say, get up. Get agile. Get hostile. Get mobile. And run towards the roar. Listen, the armor of God has no backside. You got it? It's time to get proactive. Learn to walk by faith. And not by sight. Now, oh my gosh, it's two minutes to 12. It's a miracle. I don't know how long I'll do this, but so far I'm going to keep going. Here's the, you can tweeteth thou this phrase. And my wife did this. You get out your phone, take a picture of this. You can tweeteth thou this. There is no giant. I don't know if this is too long for a tweet. It may be, I didn't test There is no giant, no obstacle, no army too big for someone who has learned the noble art of walking by faith and not by sight. There is no giant. There is no obstacle. There is no army too big for someone who has learned the noble art walking by faith and not by sight. Listen, folks. This is the lesson of life. We learned it from Peter. We learned it from Elisha. Certainly learned it from Abraham, the father of our faith. Even though God was invisible, it said. He, he, even though there was, it was invisible, he believed. We learned it from a little shepherd boy. He gave us some lessons for living to help us walk by faith and not by sight. How many of you want to plug that into your repertoire?
Let's stand together today. I want to pray for you. In fact, let me read a promise from God. This is going to dovetail us into next week. Deuteronomy 28, 7. I heard this in my spirit this week. And it says this. Here's a promise from God to the obedient, by the way. It's not just for anybody. It's to the obedient. That's what Deuteronomy 28 is all about. It says, The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. How many of you like that promise? That's for the obedient, those who are diligently obedient. And you know, if you'll learn these lessons and begin to follow them and obey them, you'll find the same kind of victory in your life. Now listen carefully. We're going to pray today and we're going to ask God to help us embrace 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by and not by. Can, could I tell you today that when you're learning something, there's always a test. Am I right? That's why I always say I'm learning to walk by faith, not I have learned to walk by faith. Because as soon as I get a little cocky and arrogant, think I got this one completely under my belt, there come another test to make sure that what I say is true. I'm learning to walk by faith and not by sight. And could I say to you, there's always a test. And when this test comes, maybe even before you get out of the parking lot or maybe in the morning, wherever it comes, you whip out the notes. You put on the iPad, the iPod. I'm going to say, wait, I learned some things from Peter about walking. Oh, I learned some things from Elisha. Oh, I learned some things from Abraham, the father. Oh, I learned some lessons uh, from the little shepherd boy who faced his Goliath. And I'm going to walk by and not by sight. I want to pray for you today that you'll embrace this truth in your life that it'll never leave you. That from this day forward, everyone say this day. Not someday, this day forward, that truth will set up resonance in your life and, and everything that, face, that you face, this truth will come rushing to the forefront of your spirit and say, but I walk by faith. Amen. Now let me be bold and ask us to lift our hands to God and just be, that's kind of like our antennas this morning. Lord, we lift up our spiritual antenna to you. We lift our hands and surrender to you today. And we thank you, Lord, for the word of the Lord that today you're going to empower us with the faith as a gift of God. Lord, you've given us faith. Lord, let it grow in us. We embrace the faith of God in our hearts to trust you and to apply, Lord, what you say, Lord, in our life and to embrace the principles of life and the Word of God, these faith principles of walking by faith and not by sight. Today, we embrace them. And we thank you, Lord, that you're teaching us. Simone, this Now you say it, Lord, thank you. You're teaching me to walk by faith and not by sight. I trust you today. Come on, say it out loud. Lord, I thank you that you're teaching me to walk by faith and not by sight. Lord, I trust you today. Now with every head bowed and every eye closed one more time. If you're facing a Goliath in your life, if you're faith, facing a trauma of your life, listen, you've got to begin to make a bold declaration of faith and say this day. Right where you are, wherever you are, you begin to say this day by the power of God's word, his authority and by the anointing of God in my life, this giant's coming down. 
This Goliath is coming down this day. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. I'm going to ask our prayer team to come and scatter out across here, our leaders, prayer leaders. And just watch this. When they come up here and turn around, there'll be a smile on their face. Watch how it works. It's an amazing thing. In other words, they're not going to bite you. They're not going to harm you. If you just need one more time to connect in faith with someone in prayer, they'll be here for you. And let me say this too. If you need a church home, and everybody needs a church home. Listen, church home is not about showing up every once in a while. It's about connecting with the family of God. Becoming a faithful part of the family of God. Not just coming to receive, but to be a giver. Kind of like what John Kennedy said years ago. Ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. What a great statement about the church. And oh, the church is a great blessing to us. But listen, it, it, it happens because we connect with one another. And so if you don't have a church home or if you've never really connected on a, on, on a very real basis and filled out the card and, and, and signed your name on the dotted line, we sign our name on everything. But hey, how about just making a commitment to God and His church today? If that's you at the close of this service, I'm going to encourage you to come and take one of these smiling prayer warriors and just say, you know what, I believe God is adding me to Church on the Rock North and we want to connect with the family of God. They will get you everything you need to get you moving forward. We'll introduce you, and we'll just get you moving forward into the family of God. So I want to encourage you to do that today as we close. And now, let me say two things. This next week, I'll be viewing the, uh, uh, the pilot TV program that we're going to begin to produce uh, on a, uh, it'll be a weekly show. It's, I don't have an air date yet, but we've shot the pilot. We'll see it uh, this week. And it'll get approved by TBN. And very soon, uh, your church family will be representing this entire global, uh, pardon me, uh, uh, Golden Triangle area uh, every week on TV, making a big difference. Uh, and so, how many of you will be praying about that, asking God to help us reach beyond these four walls? We're excited about that. And next Sunday, everyone say next Sunday, it's attendance turnaround. Everybody say it's attendance turnaround. We're turning this thing around. And, and Pastor Sam, that's me, I'm going to share, begin sharing a message called Blessed. Learning to live under the banner of God's blessing. Everybody say blessed. You know, the old song we used to sing, I am blessed, I am blessed. Every day of my life, I am blessed. When I wake up in the morning until I lay my head to rest, I am blessed. God wants to, He wants to bless us. I see my little grandkids, and you know what they are? They are, they're blessed. They're a blessing, but they're blessed. That's the way God wants to do with His kids. He wants to bless them. He wants them to live the blessed life. Now, I'm not talking about just money. How many of you know there's a lot of people, I've met a lot of people around the world that don't have two, two pennies to rub together, but they're living the blessed life. And I've seen some people that got more than they deserve, and they are miserable, ugly, and cranky. I need Pastor Sam to come and tweak them a little bit. I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about the blessing of God. Everybody say, I'm blessed. That's next Sunday. You've got to be back because God, wherever you're living under the banner of God's blessing, how many of you know there's another step in Onium? Some of you might be saying, I don't know if it's getting better than this. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I think of Delfino. When I saw Delfino, I went, God, oh, these kids, this is not the greatest place to live. 
We need to help them. And then I heard Delfino's story. He was in a dog pen eating dog feces. I said, this boy stepped up another level of blessing. He has a smile on his face. How many of you know if you move from where Delfino came from to little concrete floor, four walls, no running water, but a little food in your belly, you'd go, I am blessed, I am blessed. And in just a few months, pardon me, I hate to be graphic, but when Delfino looks at that commode and goes, kavush, he'll go, I am blessed, I am blessed. And when we showed up there around Christmas time, he'd be going, I am blessed. How many want to live the blessed life? That's next Sunday. Father, thank you for all you're doing in our midst. Lord, I ask you to draw the harvest this morning. People who need to connect with the family of this church. Draw them this way before they go that way. And Lord, people who need to confess that they prayed that prayer of salvation and they invited you into their life at the beginning of this service, Lord, move them to come this way, not that way. And confess and, 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 and declare the Lordship of Christ to one of these prayer teams. We thank you for it today in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Let's give the Lord of glory one more big God bless you today. Amen. Well, you are officially dismissed. Again, if you need to come this way, come this way before you go that way. Have a great day. We'll see you Wednesday night where we continue. In fact, Ryan's speaking about the armor of God. What's your topic, Ryan? It's the helmet of salvation. Be here. It's going to be great. Amen.